Hi, I'm Mike. I'm Josh. I'm Dave, Mike's brother. <laughs> I'm also Josh. And this is Does It Suck Now? Now. Now. <laughs> now. Now. Oh, right. <laughs> special movie this week though the Beastmaster, by the way not Beastmaster. special in the very early 80s sort of definition of the word i don't like your tone to start off solo i'm i'm not vibing on it right now so we're gonna get into it so this week we did 1982's the Beastmaster, directed by don casacarelli uh so everything about the Everything about the credits in this movie is incredibly entertaining. The names, the font, the music—it's wonderful wrote down credits. The name of the production company because that's too. always so awesome. <laughs> leisure <Yeah>. Investment Company. <laughs> this company invests in leisure. Such a and fun. The, I wrote that down too. Yeah. And the director's name is basically like Don Corleone. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like <laughs> there's pictures of money being laundered in the background of every scene. He definitely went to like an uncle or something and was like, "Hey, I'm in the movie business. I hope you are." <laughs> we Donnie. make a movies and a meatballs. <laughs> no, what, what I what I loved when I researched the director Don is that apparently he was offered the script for Conan the Destroyer to direct it, and he turned it down because he hated the script so much. No other reason. Uh, <laughs> He's like, bad. this movie's terrible. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Do you want to give a synopsis, Mike? So here we go. This is from uh, Wikipedia. The Beastmaster is a 1982 sword and sorcery film directed by Don Casarelli <laughs> starring Mark Singer, Tanya Close Roberts. Enough. John Amos and Rip Torm, loosely based on the novel <laughs> The Beastmaster by Andre Norton. The film is about a child who's stolen from his mother's womb by a witch. The child grows into Dar, who has the ability to communicate telepathically with animals. Dar grows up in a village where he learns to do battle, but the village is destroyed by a race of beast-like warriors under the control of Sorcerer Mac. <laughs> it's Max with two A's. It's, it's pronounced Mayox, like oh, like Mayox. I thought it was Max. I know they spell um, it all wrong. <laughs> Dar vows revenge and travels with new friends to stop Max from Mayox. <laughs> from causing any more problems. <laughs> I, I want to okay, so, get down to that first shot. So they open and the witches are around the cauldron. And the first thought that both <laughs> Emily and I, her being a dancer, me a former dancer, were like, they got great bodies. Oh, man. Three witches. <laughs> they, don't, they don't show the faces at first. And I remember, right? No. Like, sexy witches. They're like, whoa, scratching out that note. There you go, they're also wearing, but of face. wearing French cut thongs, like in a yes. Yes. Yeah. music video. Oh, they yeah. made they made no attempt to like blend those latex masks into their skin either. 
when they find when you finally get like the money shot of their like horrific faces and they are awesome masks they're like really disgusting but like there's this neckline that's like an inch thick (laughs) that you can see on all of them (laughs) and you can see their lips you know what it reminds me of the scene in the goonies when they're in the attic and uh, mouth does he he puts his face behind the painting he's like hey mikey give me a little kiss so i but don't I think, think yeah. goonies was influenced by beastmaster <laughs> something tells me no mm. okay so right. in this scene it's like shakespearean with the three witches giving the evil prophecy and yeah. max is like overlording all of this with weird monk dudes and they tell him basically like the king's son the unborn son is going to be the death of you that they don't give you any more information than that and literally, like, Rip Torn, Max, Max has three seconds, I think, about to process this information that's given to him <laughs> when the king busts in the door with a bunch of guards and goes, I heard you're planning a ch- child sacrifice. <laughs> like, like, You will die at the hands of Zed's unborn son. Uh, Zed's unborn son will die. The truth cannot be changed. He will die tonight! for King Zed. I have been told you are planning a child's sacrifice. R demands the life of an unborn. I will not allow the sacrifice of an innocent. You are banished for life. In Arak, no one will remember your name. Go practice your heathen religion in the outlands with the barbarian John. It's like medieval Twitter blew up. And he was like, what the fuck? Yeah. What are you talking about? Definitely a Bronze Age society where we do lots of crazy shit. But child sacrifice, we got to draw the line somewhere. (laughs) Well, he was like, we don't do that. Okay, buddy. Yeah, he's like, we don't, yeah, no, we do don't that. do that here. Right. With his crazy hair. But not a you... bad idea. And I then guess. Max, <laughs> Max makes, he makes two of the monks like kill themselves with these cool, like cord bladed toy things. Yeah, Back that scratchers. they like throw in the ceiling and they kill themselves, I guess, as a display of power to be like, what? This is what people will do for me. I, yeah. I assume <laughs> I'm not reading too much into that. Am I? Yeah. I liked how he gave are they, they, the two monks, like, fighters like hang themselves and then he kind of gives a look to him like eh? Eh? right, <laughs> like, right? Riptorn's oh, they- nose is and his eyebrows and his teeth are all just masterpieces <laughs> well, in this movie <laughs> well the teeth i noticed he's got perfect teeth in the first scene right uh, and then like, any natural really. 80s bad guy that gets infected by the evil the first thing to go are the teeth like, you eat too much sugar then because you're just like, I'm evil now. I don't need my vegetables. I'm going to yeah, eat I need to brush my teeth. I have evils on my side. Dave, Dave went meth. Mike went sugar. Well, we yeah. could, all right, I think we can kind of like jump around <laughs> the beginning here because it is like literally the beginning to every quest hero right. movie ever. Like he, though I gotta say the cow, the scene where the witch comes into that couple's bedroom. Yeah, and the has cow. The cow. Oh my oh. god, it's horrifying. It's what really great horrifying. security <laughs> the king has, where a lady can just bring a cow into his bedroom and nobody <laughs> notices anything. This is the king. I mean, yeah, I thought the guards were just like, but, well, that's Gertrude. She, she can't leave that cow at home. She's got to take it with her everywhere she she's goes. Like, lady, lady with the cow at two a.m. <laughs> I'm right through. Please. She's a witch. Mike, she's a witch. 
explain what happens though. So this witch breaks into the king's uh, not very well guarded bedroom and steals the uh, baby or fetus out of a pregnant the queen and then transfers that fetus to a cow in but like all magically because there's a lot and of like put, looping yeah. and sloppily just like <laughs> it's <laughs> disgusting Also, she pours uh, somebody's jizz on their necks. The that blue jizz. Glo- that was glow stick stuff. <laughs> it was glow sticks. Yeah, glow I read stick that material. too. Yeah. I thought so that, that was a really cool. That was a cool image. It really it looked was like cool. like you could kind of imagine this idea of like what would it feel like if like a couple you know scoops of liquid held yeah. you down like a weight on your chest. Like that, I thought that was cool. Like I, I liked it. So I'm just so telling you, I'm just telling you ahead of time, I love this movie. <laughs> really oh, no. right. I, I'm like really in the middle because there was a lot of I really loved it. And then a lot of it where I'm just like, oh man, we get it. Like let's just yeah. get somewhere no, else. I know. Now. I, I this movie could I, be remade by the right person and it would be awesome. I think this is the kind of movie you should remake. You know, it was apparently a TV series, and and Don, whatever his face is, sold his rights to the entire, you know, creative material of this movie, so he's out. So He he didn't make the sequel either. He didn't make either of the movie sequels. And he didn't want to make Conan? He just, like, this was his masterpiece, apparently. (laughs) I'm going back to Jersey. (laughs) No, he did make Phantasm, though. And he made Bubba Hotep, which I haven't seen, but a lot of people like. So I want to read my first two notes, and I I think you guys can comment on these, because this is my impression of the film, was, first note, I can't tell if watching this movie is a waste of time or not. (laughs) (laughs) And my second note is, everyone is clean-shaven. Like yep. the uh, guy who's, yeah. who saves his dad, his foster dad, who saves him, yeah. looks like they literally just pulled a lawyer out of an office building and put him in ca- a caveman costume. <laughs> he looks like the like, dad in Arrested Development. He looks like, like Jeffrey Danforth. Yeah, he does. He totally does. And he's like, "But I'm badass." But I, everyone um, is so clean shaven. They look like they were just pulled off the streets of L.A. and they're like, "We need people." to shoot our Barbarian movie right now. Just, you look fine. Just put this on, and you're in the movie. (laughs) Uh, She transfers the baby to the cow, and then she's going to kill the baby, and that's when Jeffrey Tambor uh, comes in. With his glaive. It's a great glaive. That scene was awesome though, with the with the yeah. blue fire. Like he sees the blue fire, and then the witch is like again. I thought that was like a really effective like horror scene where like you're like I love the first thirty minutes of this movie, but then you know we'll, okay. we'll see how it goes from there. Like yeah, no, I completely agree. Like that campfire scene, and he throws the thing in her. He's like, oh, I saved her. Then the robe like dissolves, and then he has to fight this crazy like ninja witch. That yeah. was awesome. That did was really movie, awesome. Did this movie influence Sam Raimi on the Evil Dead series at all? I had the same thought. But the, uh, the witch, like the witch moving forward where she's like on a platform, mm-hmm. so it makes her look like she's floating, you know, like, I and the sequence was, with like where it climbs up the wall, that was like, that just felt right out of Evil Dead movies. This was before, but I mean, let me look up what year yeah. Evil Dead came out because, I mean, he was probably making the first Evil Dead around the same time as this. So, or was uh, this yeah. just the, the cheap 1981? Way. So Evil Dead yeah. came up before this. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if Don Casacarelli, he's a 
Got his fingers in a lot of pies. In the horror world. I mean, I thought this movie was shot really well. Like, yeah. he's definitely a student of film. There's a, like a, mm-hmm. there's um a seventh seal kind of vibe to the way uh the in-between scenes where he reveals all those uh bodies that are impaled along the road and yeah there's a lot of good imagery in this movie it really (laughs) sticks with you though but i could see why as a kid seeing this movie was was really impactful and terrifying it's yeah it's 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 super dark right the whole atmosphere he like sets the tone for every being like about as dark as you could possibly get for like a fantasy epic in the mm-hmm. early '80s, which by you know, compare it to the feel of Crawl, where you're you know, huzzah, adventures, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna like stab babies and like kill people and like skin vampires, yeah, whatever you yeah, call those things. Yeah. Why are the, the vampires the only like supernatural monsters in the whole thing? Really, they're oh, eagle cool. men, and I yeah. it's awful. Sorry, but I thought cool. <laughs> All right, we're gonna have more. More like eagle men, and then maybe like panther people who like worship the tiger, and then ferret people who worship the ferret. Dom Dom was doing too much for the whole movie, and that was its inevitable downfall. <laughs> the big, the first half of this movie is much stronger than the second half. I agree with that. Yeah. Also, best and quickest. I have to say this. This is what I did like. Quickest origin story that made s- not total sense, but enough sense that you were like, okay, cool. Let's get on with the rest of the movie. Whereas now, in a 2020 sort of way that we look at things, there are some movies where you're like, we're an hour in, and we're still on his fucking uh, origin story. Like, let's yeah. come on. Yeah. Give me something. Help me out like, here. Yeah, that girl laughed at him in class. We remember that scene. Right. We remember that, okay? <laughs> I like the. Um, I also like the, the scene with the um, dog early in the movie, like before the attack on the village, when the, all mm-hmm. the, like this, the young men go out to work in the field, and... Uh, and like the the stupid village on stilts, which made no sense <laughs> in the middle of a prairie. But um, <laughs> but so they're out working the field, and like you can't see the village over the hill. And the dog all of a sudden starts freaking out. It like runs over and looks over the hill, and you don't see what's happening. Like that was another one of those scenes that Mike's talking about, where it's like that's really good filmmaking. That's like that this dude's like a legit. He's a real director. This wasn't yeah. just some like crime lord's cousin that they needed to like have a tax haven for their money laundering kind of movie which is what i expected when i when i saw it was called leisure investment company it was directed by like don corleone (laughs) well i have a question what's i first of all when he the stepfather saves the baby after his fight and apparently the only way to kill the witch is to burn them remember that so i think what's really well actually no they kill him no no he stabs her they stop them. on the Apparently, you can kill them just like you kill anything else. They disappear. Yeah. Only they babies. Die. Babies go in the fire, dude. That's what yeah. you're thinking of. Yes. So the fire is only for the babies. You guys all have kids. How old is that baby? That oh, that baby's like seven at. years old. I like, though, how they just he just brings a baby back and everyone's like, yeah, baby. Like, nobody was like, where'd you get that baby? Uh-huh. <laughs> The glaive. I want to talk about fake glaive for a second. Can we talk about fake glaive and how he has this like crazy razor boomerang weapon? Somehow the year before crawl is made, right? So and it's like the most prominent weapon in the first 20, 30 minutes of the movie, and then he just fucking forgets about it for the next hour and a half. 
Like True. it doesn't to the kid until the end to the kid, of the but then movie. you're like, he's like, oh, I found this in my pocket. I forgot that I had it this whole time. And now here you go, whatever. Do you, do you <laughs> think like, he? Yeah. Do you think he yeah, misses at you. the end on purpose when he's fighting the big knight? Do you think he misses on purpose just to get him with the like? It comes back at you, sucker. Like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I he mean, misses by yeah. a mile, and the knight's like, ah, you fucking <laughs> suck. I'm gonna crush <laughs> you, and then bam, right in the back of the head. Um, yeah. I also thought, okay, so wait, so he goes to the village and he has the kid, the kid and the dad are out playing grab ass in the field and they're like and suddenly they're like hey bob just like some dude who's standing over there and suddenly bob gets attacked by before it gets revealed what looks like jaws but the way he gets attacked he gets sucked <laughs> into the bush like off his feet i love it it's yeah. like and then jaws. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the bush swallows him. That was great, though. Uh, I thought that was actually yeah, a pretty good scene. But also, I, I did write that no matter where he goes, everybody hates that he's friends with the animals. Like, even yeah. at the, that speech at the end with the king, and in the beginning, he sees this amazing thing. He, like, talks to a bear and, like, tells the bear, like, chill. It's cool. We got it. The yeah. bear goes away, and then immediately his stepdad's like, you must never tell anyone about this. Yeah. What happened here today must never be known. Never. You have powers unlike anyone in the village. To touch a beast up here? Like there, there's a militant cult. There's a militant cult marching around, killing, throwing babies in fire. But we're worried about we're worried about this yeah. dude talking to a bear. Don't you love Wait. the movie Magic? Like right after that, where they're like, "Cut to it could be 20 years later. It, it could be 30 years later because Mark Singer, who knows? The face and the chest are telling me different things. And how much baby oil he had on him." Throughout the entire movie, his <laughs> thighs are beautiful. I, I need to say this: Mark Mark Singer's <laughs> thighs are beautiful. They're beautiful. This movie could have been called Lord of the Loincloth. <laughs> so I watched this movie last night with my wife and her parents, and they were just like, "What are we watching? Okay, whatever. Like, let's put this on." <laughs> and the first comment uh, that that uh, my mother in law made was that it he's so shiny. Look at him. He's just so shiny. And then Sarah says, oh, he must be yoga instructor or something. <laughs> I, I wrote down to challenge Dave's comment from Kroll that the Jesus chest challenge is on from the early 80s. Because I saw it, I was just like, that, that's a, this is a Jesus chest. This, that's this a right six pack. No, he overtakes uh, the guy from Kroll for sure. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. I'm sure the casting okay. director was. Just was like, we need people for this movie. And then they're like, how about this Mark Singer guy? And they're like, is he sexy? And they're just like, yeah. All right. I'm like, he's in. What about this Tanya lady? Yeah, she's sexy. All right, she's in. He's got the the face of Mark Hamill and the body of Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) I have two comments about about the dad and about um, the leading actress. So we're supposed to buy that both of them are actually like really are trained, like hardened warriors. And they uh, both, their physicality sucks. I gotta say, <laughs> like, actually, I enjoy both of them, and I could like, 
I could suspend my disbelief, like that the old man who was holding the sword, like it was like a like a butter knife in his hand with like two <laughs> fingers, was a badass warrior who trained the Beastmaster. But if you're recasting this movie, I need people who are physically imposing in both of those roles. And she looks like she weighs like 80 pounds and has and like can barely pick up a fork. I thought she was like a virgin that was going to be sacrificed sort of thing. You know what I mean? No, they, they said reveal... she's a warrior. Her cousin, who was also, she's so, also the so beast... many strange She's the Beastmaster's cousin. Yeah. No, we, but we, like, yeah. not Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get to that. The Judds, go... the Judds, by the way, the Judds is the name of the crazy, uh, like, Mad Max on horseback guys. Judd, they're called Kevin? the Judds, right? Is that what like I read? Ashley no, and Judd. Winona? Judd. Judd. Like, like the Judds. Like, no, like no, no, the, not yeah. the Judds. Like Ashley Judd. That was Ashley Judd was in that match. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait so what no, is it? No, 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 no. It's not the, it's the Judds. It's the Jun, J-U-N. J- so the Judds. J-U-N. The Judds. <laughs> the Judds. It's not Winona Judd. If you listen to their, like, warm-up, like, thing where they get all in a huddle before they go into a town, they're like, Jun. So they, they attack they attack the village on stilts, which again is hilarious. I want to point that out too. So so the shot the shot where the camera is like underneath the, the house while it collapses was was like an unplanned situation, I read. Like the yeah. houses were so flimsy that they were just falling over left and right, and the dude the cameraman was happened to be set up and he just like swung his camera and caught it. And that's why you got the awesome, like, oh, shit, that set really got torn down. <laughs> that oh, <yeah>. scene. <laughs> the stuntmen in this, I think, were earning every penny of their check. There's <laughs> some really great were. scenes, especially on the pyramid when they're fighting. Dudes just hurling themselves yeah. down this giant pyramid. <laughs> a lot of dudes on fire, like a lot of fire mm-hmm. battles. and When they were escaping the pyramid, who literally did like a and, – and this is no exaggeration here, people – like a 200 foot drop Down like he was stone steps i was like that's a real stunt i was like holy wow i mean they had the mat at the bottom of the gorge but he still did that they said people got really fucked up about making this movie <laughs> like dude this is not surprising general yeah. question right so uh-huh. I'll, I'll further plot along a little bit as we talk but we can also so the jun come they destroy the village the, ju- um, the Judds destroyed the village. The Judds. <laughs> Ashley Judd, you bitch. Um, but, <laughs> but, but, uh, oh, my father. He, he fights. He, this is the summary. He fights a little bit. Uh, the dog rescues him. He comes back, buries everyone. Mm-hmm. Costume change. No shirt on now. Into the wilderness. <laughs> it's incredible. The hero moment. He's like, oh, what I man. need is less clothes and more oil. Yeah. I, I have, my note is all revenge missions must be undertaken shirtless. Yeah, he's beautiful. Is this magical land in, you know how like different fantasy movies it'll be like, well, it's kind of like in a medieval time or it's kind of like this. Was this in biblical times? Because it looked, the costumes yes. look like costumes from the 700 sure. Club, like Bible yeah. movies. And then yeah. why is the inappropriateness of the loincloth on – why does everyone need a loincloth? Like, I did not need to see his stepdad's haunches. Yeah, you, you know. did. You kind of oh, did, God. though. I yeah. Oh, did I? Everybody. It was all part – remember, you're going to see that old man's loincloth's haunches. <laughs> this entire there movie takes, takes place in the universe of the Bible. And it's about three years before <laughs> Jesus is crucified. That's this crazy. movie takes place like 60 miles from Jerusalem. It's crazy. Yeah. 
You know, you, that deleted scene with Joseph and Mary. Yeah. There's a <laughs> tiger this outside. They're like, yeah. not this town. <laughs> so we haven't talked about the fact that the tiger is like covered in charcoal dust the entire movie. Yeah. No, is because, it charcoal dust? I thought it was paint, right? Or I was don't know, it but, spray his, but his face was clearly being like, it was clearly wearing off his face constantly. And they just don't even try in some scenes. <laughs> I feel like it's very appropriate that we're talking about it. Uh, a tiger that was dyed black for our entertainment to make money in the age of Tiger King. Uh, all, because, well, <laughs> all the treatment of big cats is on everyone's minds. And, fun, uh, fun fact <laughs> that I read about it was that the animal trainer uh, for mm-hmm. the movie, who I should have looked up this guy's name because he did bang up work. <laughs> was it Joe Exotic? <laughs> Well, I don't know who it was, but they uh, apparently they asked him, like, can we get a leopard for this, like an actual yeah. black cat? And he's like, leopards are impossible to work with. Spray paint this tiger black. <laughs> and here's the better like, question. Okay, the poor the ferrets. Let's do the that. Ferrets really get, the ferrets really get put yeah. through the ringer in this movie. Again, oh, no. oh, tossed wait. around constantly. They're getting, like, waved in, a, waved in the face of a tiger. The one goes in the quicksand. Like is just yeah. legitimately like oh, in that, the quicksand. That reminds me, and they're like, just wait like twenty seconds before you. Of grab the haiku, it. <laughs> the haiku is all about. Oh that. wait, we didn't do our yeah, haiku. Got, okay, yeah. haiku time. Should I should I do the haiku now? Do, yeah, do yeah, the yeah, haiku. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Shaved chests and loincloths, exotic beasts distraction, the <laughs> ferret hero. So the beastmaster <laughs> is born in Greece and shirtless wonder, as Dave said, and oh. he he then goes into the wilderness. To do what I gotta say is like one of my five favorite training montages I've ever seen in a movie <laughs> because it's just it's like very childlike. It's like him like running and skipping through the water and like pretending <laughs> to have like lightsaber battles like you would as a kid in your room, you know, like maybe that I still do sometimes. Like you like spin around like chop chop ah! and he does that for like I don't know eight seven eight minutes. And it's yeah, because when he he gets the sword, he acts like oh man. My like lawyer dad would never let me touch this sword. Yeah. <laughs> now I finally got this sword and I'm gonna swing it around. Swing it. Yeah. No, he's so good. He's swinging that log on the top of a mountain <laughs> for no reason. No, no, I yeah. know no dude. That's doing combat. That's moves. core strength, man. That's a combat. I think that's like a. I, I thought that was probably how actually somebody would train. I feel like the training was more real than movie like in this movie. Like real <laughs> combat like that, training, like bronze is not... age training. Like they're just yeah, like, go, like go go run for you with got a like sword a four moves, swing it you around. Practice them a thousand times a day each, and you hope that you do them faster than the next guy in the battle. And then you, and you got it, it son. Yeah. It cuts to the the ferrets after that, and I have to tell you, like that scene is so out of oh, a scene you would cut. I I would just cut the the, the ferret scene, even though I know it sets up the um why he has the ferrets, but. That scene is so out of place in the entire movie. It turns into a vaudeville thing. Where he's like, <laughs> come on, fellas. Help me yeah. out of here. I finally came <laughs> to the realization. I was like, this is why every guy of our age grew up with an irrational fear of quicksand. <laughs> apparently like every, every movie yeah. from this time frame had a quicksand sequence. Like, the Princess Bride had the lightning sand. The, the they lightning really sand. There was on that the Princess one. Bride. There was Kroll. There was this movie. There's obviously Never-Ending Story. There's like yeah, man, yeah, all yeah, of yeah. this. Like yep. quicksand kills everything in the early eighties. I really appreciate the difference when the horse. This is later in the movie, but when when they do like the the oil, they cover up the oil trench, and uh, oh, right. the oil, they show a close up of the oil, and it's disgusting. It's like. 
black and bubbling and gross and like a stone melts in it or whatever. When the horses hit it, it's just water splashing everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know yeah. how else you would do it. It's just one of those funny things that, like, in the digital age, you would, it, they would have a solution to that problem. But, like, right. they weren't really going to run these horses into a tar pit or get them stuck in mud. So yeah, they're like, it's really just water <laughs> with coffee grinds in it or whatever. <laughs> no, it looked like when he dropped whatever he dropped into that moat. Like, I thought that's what was going to happen when the horses were running to it. Like, I thought right. that was their big plan. Right, exactly. Know? And then, and then the when the I do give them a lot of stunt credit. That explion of the moat later in the movie is real oh, that was, and is amazing. Like it's I don't really want to get cool. too into that now. That I do I I'm tempted. I'll say it again for editing well, purposes. But I thought that moat uh, fire ignition was so much better than Game of Thrones. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wrote down. I was like, That's the way you light up a motherfuckers. <laughs> They're all around and they're like, we only get agree. one shot at this, guys. We get one <laughs> shot at this. Is everybody ready? <laughs> so yeah. we'd, we'd be amiss if we skip over the sequence where after training, he he and his his eagle, tiger, and ferret friends uh, run across some maidens. Oh, yes. Well, wait. So he Fair gets the maidens. ferret. He, he basically picks up the ferrets. They have their right. scene. He rescues the tiger. That's where mm-hmm. your boomerang glaive comes in. Yep. And then now... How cliche is that scene with they're both giggling, the girls, and they're laughing. In a waterfall, like, bathing water. at a waterfall. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to take my, oh. It's like Robin Hood, <laughs> Prince of Thieves. Because yeah. he it's in every upon, movie. Yeah. But it was they Kevin Costner. Upon, yeah. It was Kevin Costner bathing in the waterfall in Robin Hood. They switched through. It was the guy. And I love how he does the most 80s pickup thing and tries to use his trained tiger to, like, pick up a chick. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't age well. Does he's it? all like, he has this grand moment where he's like, stays like, I have my strength and my eyes and my cunning. And the first thing I'm going to do is get me some titties. The beast is fierce. But if we show no fear, he might escape. You've just got to show them who's in command. You owe me your life, but I'll accept this as payment. Like, I'm not gonna rape her, but she's not gonna have a lot of choice. Yeah, yeah. I mean. no, that whole scene was so so. <laughs> like you won't. Even... Come on, come on. You and then she's it. a warrior. You then you find out she's a warrior. She like flips yeah. him over. I thought I thought she was a priestess. She's not a priestess. She was a she was a princess, or she was the the niece of a king who was a trained warrior. That's what the the boy says. Tells uh, the pyramid. Yeah, but yeah. the pyramid. Why is she was... always a captive if? I know. She, because so- of this this baby killing cult that it doesn't matter. It <laughs> <laughs> really stupid movie. Well, basically, uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. She sneaks off in the pyramid and right. then and then Dar's yeah. like, where did she go? And then the little boy's like, shut up, you fucking idiot. 
And then it's like no, basically you, we haven't met the little boy yet. We haven't met. Yeah, the wait, wait, hold on. So they so, so let me let so me take Tanya it from Roberts' here. boobs are fantastic. Am I right? I, yeah. So seriously, great. she looks great. So ser- seriously though, Emily I, Emily fake. pointed out fake. No, yes, they're, yeah, they're uh-huh. obviously fake, and they're like eighties fake, and it, and I actually don't. It ruins it ruins period movies for me when they have fake eighties <laughs> boobs. Honestly, I'm serious. I know it's ridiculous, but like on, no, because because it's like a mystical movie. Like I want some that. Like if we're gonna have two just nudity like i want some yeah. natural beauty yeah, if you're gonna have like a bronze age dark yeah. like child burning like ni- like saga yeah, at least i don't give want me some, some fake saggy titties yeah give me more bush exactly yeah <laughs> the breast I the breast the tna shot in the attack on the village those boobs are natural right exactly <laughs> that is that glorious true that is true. gloriously gratuitous they're just like <laughs> boobs <laughs> Wait, for some reason I read flopping, flopping. slapping. <laughs> for some reason in my research I read for some reason I had to mention this that that woman with her boobs flopping around is David Carradine's ex-wife. How would you like I don't you don't need to, but I just like think of the idea of like like to me that shot is hilarious and like fun. And then there's other movies where that shot would be like that's creepy and weird. Like I don't know how to define that line, but I thought this one this movie was like it was. It doesn't age well, but it was kind of like innocent in that respect of its time. So I found so the, it. I don't know about you guys, but I was okay with like kind of moving beyond the the sexism of this movie for whatever it's worth for my end. So you're saying the, the on, flapping boobs thought. in the village pillaging scene of the woman that's about to be gutted is <laughs> innocent? No, I think the it's just and like fun. It, that is just it's pure just expo- fun. exploitation. It's- <laughs> right, that's just pure... No, but it's exploitation in, like, a genre way, I guess, rather than, like, a, these are shitty people with shitty views of women. <laughs> I don't know. I, okay, no, I'm no, no, fine. I see, I see. Yeah. I, I agree. No, it's not, like, it's not, like, overtly, like, 80s misogynistic. It's just, like, boobies are awesome, and people who love sorcery movies like boobies <laughs> a lot of times, so let's throw them in True. here. There's a trend, like, in Kroll, with the demon lady... She like immediately falls in love with the prince. Like I felt like she came out of nowhere and then died, and but she fell in love with him really quick. And then I felt like in um, the Beastmaster, it was like the same thing when he met Kiri. It's like already like kind of like what <laughs> Solo said about um, what was it, Big Trouble in Little China? Like they're just the horniest white people ever, and they're just like oh, and it's like they just met. And I had to say that I think Big Trouble in Little China did it better with the Jack Burton character and the King Control <laughs> character, because at least they waited a little while, and you felt like some <laughs> tension between them. You knew it was going to happen, but it wasn't like, boom, here's my junk. Well, they're, know, just more, I, they're just more attracted to each other because they're cousins, and it's like forbidden. <laughs> but they're, but they're, they're like it is, but it is biblical times. That's how the Bible works. <laughs> they're they're half cousins. Dude, look, I um I don't want to like toot my own horn here, but uh yeah. my yeah, my can see you. <laughs> my, <laughs> good one. my the the section of the Torah that I had to read for my bar mitzvah was like <laughs> commandments three hundred like beastmaster through four hundred and fifteen, <laughs> and it was about like you know because there's something like five hundred some commandments, not ten. I don't know how many people know that. Like in the Old Testament, there's a lot of stuff you are not allowed to do. And there's a whole section of the Torah that spells it all out, like in all gory detail of like specifically what you are not allowed to have sex with and what you're not allowed to eat and what you're not allowed to do. Wait, what you're not allowed to have sex with? 
like so many things I apparently in the, in the ancient world like they they really need to spell it out line by line of what you are not allowed to have sex with and where was i going with this oh cousins right so <laughs> cousins you are definitely not allowed to have sex with your first cousin but i don't know if you guys this guy's this guy's mom dies right when he is sucked out of her womb and put into the cow's womb right like she uh, yeah. So, yeah. So if he's the yeah. oldest, right? There's got to be a different mom for both. Then whose cousin is? I don't it? think is she it, does. Like, removed. I don't think I she mean, dies. Her stomach just shrinks. No, no, they no. She dies. The, the the queen dies in that scene. She is straight up yeah. dead. They don't so, look man, Jewish though. So I'm not sure they are playing by the same rules as you. <laughs> I mean. He is as blonde as they come, and I'm I'm guessing Mark Singer is not circumcised. You can see pretty clearly in a couple of scenes. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> All I'm saying is, like, we're talking about you know, like Babylonian, like you know, five thousand BC era stuff, right? So anything goes. Yeah, you know, he's got a he's, full he's got a full hot dog bun. Like it comes up over the top. It's just you know, that's what I. He's think. friends so, with Ferris. So then Beastmaster meets Seth and his boy yeah. Sherman. We're out on the road. Wait, hold um, on. Wait, we, and, we skipped over the, the eagle people, that whole thing. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, did we? Okay, cool. you're right. Okay. Yeah, my bad. Go ahead. You do it. So take it away. Oh, the eagle people? Oh, my God. I, I was so confused by this scene. I think this is where this movie started to lose me, actually. Because I, I was like, soup scene. They smell it. It smells bad. He like lets his lion smell it. Like it smells bad. And then you're like, Black head t- in the tiger, soup. bro. Black tiger. tiger, whatever. So he lets his liger smell it, and they're like, it smells bad. And they're like, there's a head in the soup. Oh my god. I feel like a tiger would like head soup. Would yeah, kind of be into it. But that I, tiger I, was not into it. Oh, and side note that you never see that tiger eat anything for the entire movie. You're like, no, so, but, no, but they do gleefully watch him maul people to death, and they're just like, ha, 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 <laughs> you, yeah. and he's like, rah, rah, he's getting mauled by. They always tiger. use him as like, like the sneak attack. It's a yeah. super effective tactic. I admired uh, the Beastmaster's <laughs> tactical acronym. He would use the tiger as like a cavalry, like flanking move. He, he's like Art of War style, man. He would be like, all right, tiger goes up top. As soon as the shit gets bad, tiger jumps down, fucks shit up. Then there's a tiger yeah. in the fight, and that was you know one. you know what that you know? yeah that scene is elevated to if you saw John Wick three with uh, <laughs> Halle Berry and the dogs. That's oh yeah, where it's Actually, elevated that to is now. Very cool. yeah. That was a yeah, did, pretty amazing. But, but do they gleefully but, watch somebody get eaten by an animal like that? It was very much like they were just no, like. They double tap him in the head and move on. That's the difference between 82 and 2020. It took me out of the movie a little bit when they were watching them gleefully be eaten by tigers because most people would see that and just be like, uh, uh, uh. But in this sense, different, you just see the director times, being like, different we time. need like a reaction shot. So, okay, you're watching this guy get mauled by a tiger and they're just like, ha, 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 ha. Ah, oh, look at look at you! Oh. If I did the update, that's one thing I would change. I would actually yeah. add more gore to this movie. I would make it a little gorier. I would get some blood <laughs> splatter in. Maybe Sprague, you uh, you could agree with me on this. That is the the barbarian movie theme straight up through the eighties, where someone's getting mauled by a tiger, and if it's not, if it's a bad guy, everyone's just like, that's how it is in barbarian times. <laughs> <laughs> more gruel, give me a wench. In Conan, and there's something like that. I'm for sure. 
and definitely what you call a red Sonia. There's stuff like that too. It's, it's, it's this whole world. Like every, every one of these worlds is, is kind of like an 80s theme thing. Like Kroll has similar stuff to never ending story in a way to like, it's funny how they all kind of meet in their own genres as you, as the eighties go on. That's just my thought. I didn't go to film school, but you know, (laughs) I want to go to it. So we were talking about boobs and I want to go to a note that I have here is there's no half-ass making out. They were just like, she you guys make out, and they too. were like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. I, read, I don't know how accurate this is, but I, uh, Mike, maybe you read the same notes as I did, but mm-hmm. if you watch it through Amazon, it gives you like a little trivia note that Tanya Roberts would often uh, flirt with the, uh, the young prince in front of Mark Singer just to piss him off. <laughs> Yeah. I liked her. I thought, I, I thought she was she was a good actress. She just wasn't like physically the right fit for me. That's Wait, just, you like, thought she was a good actress? I mean, I don't want to. I think we're gonna have a fundamental disagreement on this. Actually, good for the. Wait, let me get this straight, Josh. You're like, yeah. I don't believe anything she did, but she's a good actress. <laughs> I don't. I think Do you know what her. Part. I don't think it's the right part for her. <laughs> On IMDb, her talent as an actress, the, the like talents of the actress is breathlessness. Like that's her breathless speech is her talent. <laughs> there you go. It's hard to do. Takes a lot of. Like, got great uh, eyes like, in this movie. So what he meets Seth right in the woods after he gets attacked. Right? No, 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 Doesn't no. First, before that, it's after it, the is when the eagle right. carries the kid away. After like you have the, I know you have the I mad know, and I moment up. where he throws the seven year old in the fire, and then the next kid gets carried away by a fucking eagle. They yeah, built that. And, they built that set like out in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Well, the, also here's a fun fact: um, eagles can only carry three to four pounds. So. <laughs> That would just never. And also, did you love the dummy kid that the eagle was? I don't know what it, it is. They do that weird animation thing, and it was like just for two seconds, you see this yeah. floppy, this it was floppy like a silhouette thing. <laughs> the kids like kicking, it's like what? So overall, I thought the eagle stuff was like really thrilling in this movie. Like the point of view shots of the eagle, especially early in the movie when like he first starts seeing it, and like you get the idea of like how useful it would be to have this like bird's eye view literally of everything that's going on. I thought that was cool stuff. I like the tiger point of view shots. I, those stuff all worked I, for I me. also read that apparently the eagle refused to fly on command. So whenever they had to do an eagle flying shot, they just dropped him out of the bottom of a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> the, eagle, the eagle was union. Yeah. The, the eagle was union. He didn't work that that's way. Like, that's like, like I'm throwing your it. kid into the, into the waves and being like, get it out. figure it out. You'll do it. Kids and animals. Just so have wait, the camera so ready. To I'm going to drop. That was the first. Yeah, Dar gets to the village, like returns to its kingdom, sort of thing for the first time. Rescues the kid. The rest after one kid is burned alive, which is strangely terrifying. Rip torn. It was an awful, strangely, strangly terrifying scene. Very disturbing. Scene. Murder is strangely this is, this is terrifying. Ah, receive this child as a gift. Your devoted servant. Ah! 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 
not yet satisfied. Hold back from Ah what is his, and you will all perish by his hand! Will you dare the fate? Because it is terrifying and it's not. It's like, because there's like stuff that is done at least maybe for 82 or at least maybe for the budget this movie was was done on where the kid was caught and the first kid who dies is like kind of crying, but not really. He like yells in a weird way. He doesn't look terrifying. Go back and look at it. I swear to God. Well, the, then, the shot with the first kid is a swish. With the second kid, it really hits the rim and rolls around a little bit. It doesn't he's go like right trying in. to push yeah. him in. With the staff, yeah. and that's yeah, when the he's eagle like grabs smacking him. the kid in the face. <laughs> <laughs> he tries to push him down with his like staff. That was hilarious. Yeah, it's so funny. Get down there, kid. But that was also another example of how in this movie, and I don't see this as an example example necessarily of early '80s movies, but where they're like using so many different camera shots to be like, oh, we're building this tension, we're cutting away, we're cutting back to the same thing, we're cutting away, when you know this is just slowly happening. There are yeah. two places in this movie where they are slowly getting away. Yeah. And it's hilarious. <laughs> it's just, we're slow. Hey. And, and, you're right, and though. You can see them. I was just going to say, I think I'm right. like that. the shot you're talking about is the like with the kid like, sliding down the side. And they go to it twice, right. and you don't need to go to it twice. And they do that a couple of times no. in the movie. That was you're right. That was very much of like the '80s, like still remnants of like 1950s and 60s television kind of like suspense. <laughs> you know, you just keep cutting yeah. back, back and back to the same thing. I mean, this movie is and two hours it. long. Yeah, the guys said that they even when they first cut the movie that they wondered if it was too long, but they were just like, it's kind of like that's like they wrote themselves into that story. And uh, they had to like hit those beats, so they do. But yeah, it's absolutely. I think even yeah. people who liked it when it first came out were like, "It's too long." By like twenty. Well, even like the next scene when he, <laughs> the hilarious scene when he shows up at the guy's house and he's like, "I've got something for you. You're cute." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I wrote that down. I was like, and "The eagle saves the kid." <laughs> something for you <gasps> my little light is a fly <laughs> alive snatched from death by the oh, oh, master master I am Sako I will be forever in your debt what is mine is yours just ask me for anything there was a girl on the pyramid. She's a friend. Come inside. Does he? And then, <laughs> where does and the eagle take dog, this kid? <laughs> when when Dar sends the eagle to like to fetch that dude to help him, he sees the eagle. He's like, "Oh no, not you!" Like, wait, that eagle literally <laughs> saved your child from fire, <laughs> and now you hate well, it. Well, the, but he's he also a coward. Kept, yeah, but the eagle also oh, took right, the kid right. for like a solid half a day. You got it. Like, what did the eagle do with that kid? What an adventure! The deleted scene is the, the, the baby in like an eagle's nest somewhere, and he's like, "Chirp, chirp, chirp." There were no, there were no deleted scenes food. in this movie. They put this whole movie on the screen. <laughs> yeah, well, and then the, he said something hilarious at the end of that scene. So he gets his kid back. He makes the connection with the Buddy Hackett 
doppelganger guy and he goes um (laughs) and he goes uh at the end of it dar turns to him and goes thank you for the meal and i turned to emily and i'm like did they eat when did they eat what nope nope that i i wrote that down too i was like what meal oh one thing i did want to point out is that so dar he can talk telepathically to the animals except the bird he actually talks bird to the bird. He doesn't speak <laughs> ferret to the ferret. He doesn't roar at the tiger. He doesn't, you know, talk anyway to any other animal. He doesn't talk bear to the bear. But he'll, he'll just be like, no, yeah. but he, he, he speaks in English to the, no, he has a comedy act with the ferrets. The ferrets. Like every comedy throwaway is, yeah, he's like, you little rascals. So they meet Seth and the boy. They find out, that they, they, they say they're pilgrims on a, on an adventure, they fight off an attack. They get in some dragon boats. Not lying. I have yeah. a boat question, right? <laughs> when they when they first the dragon roll boat. up, when they I have, I have a question about the boat <laughs> sequence. They roll up on this. This is to save um, Titty McGee, and they they roll up party, <laughs> and there's at least three other women there, right? That are with yeah. yeah. In the they sequence, bail on her real quick. And then they, they just bail. disappear. They just yeah. disappear. They're gone. By the time they go on the boat, like they're just like the women are not even there. It's like they just. I'm sure they're fine. Um, yeah, I mean they're. They were like whatever. Are, it's like are it's we Bronze Age are we dark free? territories yeah. with eagles digesting people and <laughs> random blue. They're these these women are fine. Skin no, vampires. Sh- what happens? What, what happened is they shot all those wides, and then they were like the girls were like, "Can we? Are we good now? Are we wrapped?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, girls are good, right? Girls are wrapped." So then they just needed the tights on the boat. So they were, you know, they're like, we're the not explaining where the, the other, actually, yeah. Oh, another, another <laughs> they, unintentionally they, dark they, sequence. Like they have, they, they bring captives with them for some reason, yeah. right? On the boat, like the priests that they, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They capture, and then, like, they capture three priests. Yeah, and Kira is like when they get they start getting shot at. She's like, eh, "F this!" And like throws a weight into the water that's wrapped around yeah. their necks and drags them all into right. the water by their necks with this weight. I'm like, "Whoa!" And then they all just stop rowing, like, and yeah. everybody decides to agree, like, "All right, like they're still in range, but they stopped rowing, so we should stop shooting at them." And everybody yeah, just kind of stands was, there for a while and watches. And they're them like float forty away. yards away, and they're yeah. like laughing. No, it was, like, we just it was another moment <laughs> where the priest, the priest, and the archers stood on the other side of the shore, and they're like, "They're getting away." I know. Slowly. I thought, okay, I thought the guys who played the red, <laughs> the red hooded priests were like really awkward the whole movie, and I don't know why. There was just every single one of them looked like they weren't sure what they were doing and maybe never acted before. And it was very bizarre yeah. that they managed to get that many bad actors in one group of people. And none of them, and I, none of them know how to shoot a crossbow. It's like four <laughs> fights could have ended in three seconds with a crossbow bolt. The tiger ambush with the tree and like the, when the eyeball, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. everything the guy's like loading like, the crossbow. Dude, he's, he's like cocked and ready to go when, before the fight even starts. And he watches his dude get Dar hooked on like a, like a, something on his neck. Right. And he's choking yeah. him, and and then the tiger attacks, and it's like three feet in front of the guy. The guy's got his crossbow. <laughs> like, if you've never shot a crossbow in your life and never even held one, you're gonna still make this shot. Worth pointing out, the crossbow wasn't really even invented until like way after Jesus. Yeah, like a thousand eleven hundred AD. Like, yeah. why didn't they just give them bows and arrows? Which I feel like would have been a little bit more in context with what. Wait, wait a on. second. Are you saying that this movie is not historically accurate? 
yeah, not wait, historically accurate. <laughs> wait a second, what? The leather loincloths wouldn't have been worn until yeah, yeah. well after second or third century. <laughs> I mean, like, Hutchins well after weren't they talking to ferrets until at least a thousand BC. So, so was the temple? They said it was taken over by Max or whatever his name is. <laughs> Mayak. But it, Mayak, Mike Mayak, and it used to belong to Kira's people, right? Right. That was like their house. So why did their right. house have all sorts of creepy, like sacrificial rooms in it? What's with like that giant, like plug to like the hole in hell or whatever? And like, why is all that in that nice, happy land? Something's going on. They, they only sacrifice goats, and they're like, "Well, that makes it better because you're sacrificing children." And they're oh, like, "You know, so pretty much it? everybody sacrificed yeah. everything, something like that." Uh, I mean, okay. This movie, in general, to me, I was like, "This reminds me of a made-for-TV movie." It didn't yeah. make me feel like it was a movie movie because, like, Kroll comes out. Kroll's in production, by the way, in 1980 before this movie comes out. So by 80, so everything's kind of happening at once. So by 83, you still have a movie that has some really cool production value that at least makes you feel like it's a movie. The, the fight choreography with the swords, for me, ugh. <laughs> it was like He's bad. Better, it he's was better. Bad, community, bad community theater stage combat. He's better with the sword by himself on the top of a mountain than he is fighting any of those dudes. Well, as, as with end, anybody. He stabs a guy really. in the armpit. The guy takes the, yeah. does the armpit thing. I mean, and they just clearly the were like, we don't need to make that look. We don't need to make that look real. That's fine. Don't worry about it. We'll cut it in post. I don't know, I whatever when, they said. I <laughs> did like when he stabbed the witch in the ceiling, though. That looked really that cool. Was, yeah. That was a good that, one. That looks... So wait, the, the whole, like, they, in, they, invade, they invade the pyramid, right, mm-hmm. in order to save Seth's young ward's dad, the king, right? They're going to save the king. That's why they invade the pyramid? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And he's, why, like, super old and crusty now. Why does Seth leave? Why is he not there for this whole sequence? Because he's Bookman, Bookman from Good Times, okay? He goes, because that's who he is. That's the actor, which I love. Oh, and the father from Coming to America, who's Seth, yes, right? Seth. So uh-huh. he he John leaves Amos. to go uh, check for the rebels in the hills somewhere. Yeah. And that when they're like, we'll meet in two days' time. Oh, and right. then I think Dar's like to the kid, like, why don't you go with Seth or something like that? And then he's like, no, I got to go save my father. I'll do it by myself. I don't need a tiger. All right. This is his whole thing. He's like, I've been, I've been protecting this kid for his whole life, and we're gonna get the king back, and we're gonna. Actually, I got, I got something else to do. I love the little choreography with the yeah. staff. She's like, yeah. we worked really hard on our routine. Spin, spin, good. That's that's good character development. <laughs> Just that's two, good. That's good character development. Spins. I like that. Yeah, they do the two so, spins, and their hands do the exact same thing. I like that kind of stuff. It's like it's so weird because every everything every time I'm like, this is so stupid. Oh my god, this movie is stupid. And then I'll have the next scene, like the scene where they break into the temple and and rescue the king is great. Like you everything there's bad about this movie, then they give you a scene that is great. So yeah, it, it weirdly balances out. It like kind of was like a zero sum at the end of this movie where you're I just did like, not expect to like this movie as much as I did, honestly. Yeah, same, same. I, th- I thought we were uh, all gonna I thought I same. thought we were in for some trouble when we picked this movie. No, you see, all right, I'm just gonna I, say it. I I felt the exact same way about Kroll, and I hated this movie. I thought this movie was awful. <laughs> okay. No, I just I mean I, I we totally, needed this. 
I thought Crawl was the, I was like, this movie, I remember this movie being like cheesy garbage. And then I loved Crawl. And then this movie, I was like, this is disjointed, inconsistent, like, like yeah. dragging. <laughs> like, I can't follow, I don't care about anybody's character. It's not funny, but it's not dark. And it's trying to be dark. <laughs> and then it's just definitely not funny. Like, what the hell is going on? There's some weird thing that happens with older movies. This is something I've, I've learned about myself anyway. Like, when I see a new movie and it's disconjointed in its, like, tone and its pacing, it bothers me. Sometimes when I've seen a movie that fits that bill over the years, though, the disconjointedness doesn't matter as much as the movie gets older, in a way, because you just don't care. Like, the opening of this movie, after the rip-torn opening sequence, there's almost no dialogue. For like 20 yeah. minutes you were just watching these people exist and set everything up and i loved it like there's just if if like well, maybe it's again, just a personal preference but i really like first that. half of the movie i really liked right and then yeah, i feel like like that. stuff just started to fall apart pretty much right at the the eagle vampire scene where i was like what the hell is this so i didn't mind its deviations <laughs> into horror because i thought they were effective yeah i thought all the witch scenes and the and the the skin vampire eagle people, I thought they were legitimately like hor- horrific and but like they, I said, like the tone shift didn't bother me. No, I agree with it's you, Josh. So because the- no, I agree with you, Josh. Because I think like what makes this movie good is having more of the fantastical and the horror elements and the stuff that is really dark and scary. And then there's um, they try to go into comedy or they try to make it sexy and they try to make it. Uh, wholesome and none of that shit works like no, none of that you can I throw agree, yeah. all of but, that out and make i mean i agree with that yeah, you, you you could remake this movie in like a really cool fantastical and horrific way that would yes. be like really scary but the goofiness but they don't of the, do that like that's like no. even with the even with the the pyramid invasion scene right you have like the death guard like the glowing green-eyed monsters that are chasing right. them throughout the whole pyramid and then there's like but they're chasing the ferrets through the pipes <laughs> like hilarious ferret escape yeah. scene yeah. did not mind that though because it does. yeah i didn't mind it either yeah. i think that if you fall on the line like if you're on solo's side of the line where you're you're, you're already off board with the movie at that point that kind of <laughs> abrupt tone shift in what's supposed to be like a climactic scene would be awful. If you're bought into the movie and you're still fine with it, though, you're just like, it's fine. I don't care that this like shredder from Ninja Turtles clown is chasing ferrets <laughs> through pipes. It's fine. It's just like at this point, I'm just <laughs> accepting whatever this movie's throwing at me. I'm definitely in between that because I think that I'm a bit on Solo's side in that sense and on your guy's side too a little bit, but. I what bothered me was that repeat of him chasing the ferrets. Like, use some other footage. It's right. a big period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have him run mm-hmm. somewhere else. I don't know. Maybe he's in the kitchen. Like, just yeah. go somewhere. Like, that stuff it's, started to bother me after a while. That's bad gratuitousness from an artistic, from like a craftsmanship standpoint. Well, like you're just since, putting these extra shots in there because you like them, but you don't need them at all. Since we've been doing this podcast, like when I'm watching these movies, I'm really trying to think of this in, in like with new eyes. So like it's if somebody brought this movie to me last week, I've never seen it and I'm watching it for the first time. It, it's weird because I am kind of a, going half and half here because there were some scenes I was like, this is really good. Like I'm really into like the weird imagery or whatever is going on. And then 
like, I don't know, you get to like the bathing scene. There was like a bunch of scenes that really mm-hmm. did not need to be there. Like the scene where he returns the kid to the, the parent. We should talk about the next scene. After they go into the, the pyramid, they rescue the king. Then they meet up with all the rebels. And then the king shits all over Beastmaster. Star. Oh, star. It's, it's so, bullshit. It's so bullshit. So, and it's one of my favorite lines in it when he's when the, when he has like the single crybaby tear right down his cheek. Oh my and god! Everybody's and making she fun of him. has the single crybaby tear. You no. Know, the, the king. The king says to him, "Go crawl down a hole with your animals." <laughs> Who is this man? He is a friend. He is the Beastmaster. Please, you must listen to him. He has already saved your life. No. He is a freak. The freak who speaks to animals. But father... I need no coward by my side! Crawl down a hole with your animals. Is awful. <sighs> that whole sequence, like it's not good. Like, like <laughs> he's introduced. He's it's introduced. Bad. He's like, this is the Beastmaster. He saved your life. And then the king like puts his hand on his perfectly right. chiseled chest. And was like, he's a freak. <laughs> he's a freak. <laughs> the blind king puts his hand on his sculpted pecs. Go crawl down he's a like, hole with your animals. Go, and like, but right what? before he says it, yeah, he you has his hand on his chest him. and he's just he's <laughs> like, just rubbing and he's like he's like canola oil. But you're the a two, freak. The two you're pieces a, of information yeah. this so, blind king has. And then he's like, like hey, oh, we saved got my life. We B, totally got this without Beastmaster. You're a freak. Get out of here. <laughs> he, Everyone's looking at them like, we don't have this without Beastmaster. We need Beastmaster. Right. He's like, fuck <laughs> you. Not a fucking lion. Yeah. So Dar Dar is like. I know this is my destiny, my quest and all, but I'm going to run away like a 13-year-old girl right now. <laughs> Just sort of turn to like, my room. When they do finally get on my like, room and listen to when records. They, <laughs> when they do finally like band together to fight, it's one of my favorite moments of the whole movie because, you know, they're all like this is, you know, now that they've rebanded together, they've had the revelation that Dar is the king's son and they're and Dar like Dar is Tanya's cousin and and cousins with Kier- <laughs> whatever name is Kiria Tanya and he goes they all like they'll look at Dar like it's that moment where everybody turns like to the real leader you know like what are we gonna do guys and they're all like turn to him and he goes we will fight and then he picks up one of the ferrets and just like wipes his nose with it really slowly he wiped his sweat (laughs) (laughs) he's like smelling the ferret wait is this this, can we talk about Kodo dying this is after Kodo dies wait wait no No, my bad I'm so bad with the timing oh that's the saddest part of the movie when Kodo dies I was literally like shouting I was just like wait a second they really killed Kodo? He doesn't come back? Why? Oh, they killed yeah, him? I was I like, so mad. It's like, how can they kill like, the fucking Kodo parents? held on long enough. He held on long enough to have some babies. Apparently, they were a couple. The ferrets? Kodo is a woman. Kodo <laughs> and Toto, Toto have babies at the end okay. of the fucking movie. I'm going to add more to my argument that there's good character moments in this movie. There's a scene when he's introducing the kid to the ferrets, and he wants to say their names. And he turns them around, and like you can see 
he scopes them out for whatever it is he does to tell them apart in real life. And he's like, Hodo and Frodo or whatever. And Hodo, that Hodo, might not Hodo. Even be on purpose. Hodo and Frodo and Frodo. <laughs> that's, but that's a good character moment. That's like, a, those kind of details make a movie feel alive. And I can't hate a movie that does that. That's obviously a stretch to justify otherwise terrible writing and acting. <laughs> Sometimes I just take the movie exactly for what it is. Well, since the last two podcasts, I did watch this movie and I was looking for good character moments. Aww, and it's funny see, because I, I did off. notice the two <laughs> moments that you brought up. There's a couple of good moments. It's... Rip Torn's character, uh, I want I do want to know a little more, more about him. It's like, how does teeth get dirty? Where do you get those skull dreadlocks? Yes. Like, what, how did he's he not good in this movie. I hate to say it. Yeah. I'm going to say it. But he's also, not good oh my God. Also, he's wild, long, but he's not good. And then he comes I, I can't back. I believe and... <laughs> we have such different opinions of this movie. I my ranking of like most important character in this movie were like the ferrets number one and two and Rip Torn number three. <laughs> like I love Rip Torn. He was everything. Like he at least tries to be consistent for the whole movie. He's like, oh, you want me to be an evil bastard that throws kids in fire? I can do that. I'll do that consistently for the whole movie. And I'm that's that's what I'm going to deliver. They never actually tell you like the only thing you get about his character. And this is where I'm going to lean more towards like the way I think Dave would like to set, Dave would set up a character is that I don't, I never really understood Max's like motivation other than he was like power hungry with a cult. Like I didn't know what he was there trying to do. There you go. Period. Done. Yeah. Right. That's all you need. Yeah. That's all you need for this. Then movie. I need more from the performance. I think the, the performance didn't give me any sense of a character. It was just kind of like, I'm going to wear this crazy nose and, and bug my eyes out. But I don't think he like was doing anything and on purpose or two on lines. All you needed, all you needed was two lines at some point when he's like banished, and all Rip Torn needs to say, maybe to a witch or a cow or whoever right. he talks to, <laughs> like he could have just said, you know, I, you know, I came to this kingdom when I was a child and I had nothing. Something that makes him his motivation for the power at least something. And all of those right. would be two lines. Somewhere. Yeah, I agree. Somewhere. This movie, this movie banked up. This movie did not hit you with a lot of exposition, which is something I also always appreciate in the movie. And I feel like it could have added another line or two of exposition, which is something I like never say about movies. Oh my god! But I would have yeah, liked that... it a little bit, like one so or two I, more sentences too. I feel like the pitch meeting for this movie was they brought, they went in, and they were like, "So what movie do you got?" They're like, "This guy, he's a hot." barbarian and he talks to animals and they're like so what's the plot and they're Done. Like, he talks to animals <laughs> i thought i just told you the plot we must fight no we must leave it's your decision now we will fight That's what we're going so to talk about. No, no, no. Well, well, Emily, what did you think of Beastmaster from a female perspective? Um, Emily is my female say. What do I have to say? Um, it's uh, tough to watch it in a 2020 lens, you know, <laughs> for female empowerment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean, you mean you weren't won over by his trying to seduce that woman with a tiger trick? <laughs> no, surprisingly not. <laughs> Forcefully coercing a kiss on her yeah. was not really, <laughs> and you didn't enjoy the loincloth shots of the kid. No, no, that was very uncomfortable. Emily, do you like think this movie. movie sucks now? 
I think it's very uncomfortable to watch now. It sounds, <laughs> yeah. a lot like, sounds a lot like sucking in the 2020 so, Yeah, so yes, I do believe it sucks now. <laughs> Fair enough. Mike, did you do your homework on the budget for Beastmaster? Because I did. This movie was made for $9 million. Only $9 million. That's less than million. half of Crawl. <laughs> and how much did it make? And $8 million was spent on that explosion at the end. <laughs> I, and you know what? Perfect money spent. I, I, yeah. like, I would have done it the same way. And a million dollars were spent on loincloths. This movie made so much money on HBO, though. This movie was on HBO for like twenty years. It was and like Saturday afternoon. Do you know, movie. like it yeah. was on you know, Sunday morning movie or afternoon movie all the time. I, oh my yeah. god, I can't in tell you. Terrible prints. It was really nice to see this movie in a good print because I remember really seeing it. Like, terrible. I know, I know the fun fact you're about to say, and I went the fun the fact because for some reason this was also stood out to me was that uh, they said this movie was so, shown so much on HBO and TBS yes. that they called HBO a <laughs> Beastmasters on. And that TBS stood for the Beastmaster Station. So I'm going to play a comment from my friend Brian, who is obviously a fan of this movie, before we do our final verdict. Hey, what's going on? Uh, Does it suck now, guys? Uh, This is Gagino's buddy Ganey, and I was very happy to hear that you're taking a look at Beastmaster, which is an epic in filmmaking. Uh, came out in 1982, (laughs) which I consider the greatest year of cinema. Uh, There was a lot of crappy (laughs) fantasy films coming out in the early 80s. As far as the good crap, Beastmaster rose far and above the rest mainly due to uh, its emphasis on great sword and sorcery. There was some gore in there. There was some cool TNA in there. And you had those two great ferrets. Uh, The lead, Mart Singer, (laughs) uh, was rivaling uh, Ricardo Montalban's pecs with his own. Uh, Ricardo Montalban being in Rethicon that same year. Uh, You had that kind of hot, slutty lead, Tanya Roberts, who later would be Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. Uh, But most importantly, one of the greatest things about Beastmaster and why it most certainly does not suck today is the opportunity to see Rip Torn uh, standing up there and fucking throwing kids down into a fiery pit. Uh, anytime you see Rip Torn throwing small children into a fiery pit, you know you're watching a cinematic masterpiece, and that's most certainly why Beastmaster does not suck now. Brian, so, Brian, So I'm going to pose the question now, and I'll go to Dave first. Dave, does this movie suck now? Uh, now, <laughs> um, uh, um, you know what? For the first time, I'm gonna say yes, and the reason I'm gonna say that is because I could, I can get through the movie, but I don't think it's a good movie. And the only way I would watch it with my friends is if we were getting drunk and doing shots for like, we played a game where like every time he sees through an animal's eyes, do a shot. Every time go to this loincloth shot, do a shot. Like, I think it's fun. You would be dead from alcohol poisoning. (laughs) But I think that's the fun of this movie. Like, yeah, I would just have to be like, guys, this movie is so ridiculous. Like, you're going to love it. Let's get drunk and just have fun watching it. (laughs) Josh Solo, does this movie suck now? I, yes, Mike. I, (laughs) I, like I said earlier, I felt that this movie was a tale of two halves. The first half of Beastmaster, I thought, had a ton of promise and had a consistent tone 
and had some nice character pieces. And then it just went off the rails with a ton of dynamite somewhere around the Eagle vampire scene. And I just, I just couldn't do it. I like, I want, when I'm watching a movie like this from this time period, I want to be able to be transported consistently to a frame of mind and space. And this movie was just dragging me everywhere and jerking me around and making me feel one thing and then trying to, <laughs> and not in a good way. <laughs> and I, uh, I just like, I wasn't able to, to just be like wrapped into like a John Carpenter cocoon of like crazy or just like fantasy epic. Like everybody gets a death line of Kroll. It, it was, it, it tried to do too much in two different directions and it just, it killed what could have otherwise been an awesome epic. So unfortunately it does suck now. I say it does not suck. And I, the funny thing is I don't feel that different from like a lot of things that Dave said and like a lot, a lot of what Solo said, but at the same time, like I found it to be such a higher quality than I expected. And maybe that's tainting my view a little bit. And, (laughs) and as a like white male who grew up in the time period when I was like a kid, when all these hero stories of like exactly people who I could in some way pretend to be, become like saviors of big stories in the world i'm susceptible to this movie but with all those caveats i'm still defending it and saying that this movie doesn't suck it's made by a director who knows what he's doing um there's like i i don't fault a movie for being ambitious and bad i'd rather see a movie that's ambitiously bad than one that is not ambitious and boring and this movie is other than the last 20 so minutes of pacing it's not boring and i couldn't believe how quickly it moved and I thought it was just really awesome and fun. I really liked it. <laughs> hey, Mike, um, your cat, your cat's in the shot. Can you talk to him with your mind? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he knows. I'm talking to him. Did you see that? Yeah. I talk cat. Oh no! Wait. Only the. Ah! Yeah. Only the. You have to go. Meow. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Mike. Does Eagles this talk. movie, Michael Gugino, does this yeah. movie suck now? Uh, it's a tough decision because uh, for every positive that this movie has, there's also a negative. So in a weird way, I was trying to mathematically decide whether this movie sucked, and I basically just came out to zero at the end of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Ty goes to the runner. I think Ty goes to positive. Well, look, that, look I feel honestly the question so, is if it sucks, that's like a very binary, and if it's zero, then it doesn't suck. So... So, right. no, I, I will, I think, <laughs> err on the side that it does not suck because I felt like... Told you. As terrible as it was. <laughs> yes, thank you. All right, thank you <laughs> for your comment, Josh. Uh, but Solo. <laughs> solo. But uh, I will err on the side that it does not suck because I found it very watchable and that the mm-hmm. fact that I was able to laugh about it uh, with you guys and, and legitimately enjoy the good points of it, like the well done, the explosion. There's a couple amazing shots, like the impaled bodies, the darkness, the, the rip-torn killing kids. You I'm, a sucker for, I'm a sucker for movies that are not afraid to start with, a, with very little dialogue for a long period of time. Like I, 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 love, yeah. I love the art of telling a story through like, only like sights and sounds basically and 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 using minimal words that 
again, I maybe it's just me again, but I give this movie so much more bonus points because it does that, and it does it in a pretty well, like, decent way in the beginning but of the movie. Only, but to jump in, they, he, it only does that for the first hour of the movie. and then Yeah, that's an awesome hour. So but let's, I know, but then just, <laughs> let's, guys, let's, okay, but the movie's let's, two hours. And yeah. There's a whole second. So yeah, let's put ahead. our money where our mouth is right now, and let's what is the bet like we've done three movies so far what's number one what's number three uh big trouble I, in little china is number one that's i think we yeah, all agree that yeah far yeah. and away far and away big trouble in little china is the best <laughs> early 80s movie it is incredible. okay so i'm not i think this is not controversial Kroll is number two Definitely. yeah agreed. i think so agreed Kroll is yeah. a more consistently good movie yes, yeah i agree mm-hmm. it, it, it like the coolness of what happens escalates nicely over the course of the movie and it do, and, and it keeps its tone for the whole movie and whatever as ridiculous as the tone is yeah keeps it for the whole movie and the character development in kroll is far and away way better than this movie it's so so big... far beastmasters <laughs> number three yeah yeah but, yeah, but uh, i would still definitely. give it a recommendation I still like it. I think if if anything I've been saying in this podcast resonates with you as a film l- viewer, give this movie a shot. If you're someone who <laughs> thinks more like like Dave and Solo do, you're probably not going to like this movie, honestly. So Beastmaster gonna... is great to watch at a bar with no sound. There you go. Yeah. Actually, that's pretty good. We're kind of like saying that this movie is good for what it is in its time. But yeah. and that's that's sort of the deeper question I'm trying to get at is if you saw this movie last week, would you be like that movie sucks? Yeah, and I think we're saying that me and Josh Sprague would have stuck it out, and yeah. Josh Solo and Dave, you would have been like, fuck this. All right, so that's episode three of Does It Suck Now? Now. Now. <laughs> Send comments and feedback. We will read them on air. Thank you. Good night. Thanks for listening. Boom. Arr. <laughs>